0: Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet, so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com.
1: Good morning. It's Tuesday, January 10th. It is six minutes after 10, and you're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC, and we start the hour off talking about the news that came out Yesterday afternoon, classified documents from Biden's time as vice president were discovered at the Penn Biden Center. Oh. All right, so this is a bunch of records that Biden had when he was vice president, including a small number of documents with classified markings. We're told it's less than a dozen documents. And they were at the Penn Biden Center at University of Pennsylvania. His Biden think tank, and that just cracks me up (laughs) every time I hear that. (laughs) that there's a Biden think tank and the attorneys found the documents in a locked closet. Oh. They were preparing to leave the office and they have since returned them to the National Archives or the National Archives were notified of the finding and then they took possession of the documents.
0: Wow. So there's classified documents that were in a locked, secure area. Mm-hmm. And so they, the FBI did a big raid on the. On the building
1: no just the lawyers handed them over weird to the national archives so what, wait but
0: but no midnight raid no casey i'm 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 sure i'm being just totally out of line by asking this mm-hmm. uh if trump's house was raided because he had multiple classified documents allegedly
1: mm-hmm.
0: by the fbi why is biden's property not being raided what is the difference here
1: well, there's a how couple. do we know how do
0: we know that's all he has? Well we don't. Oh. Or are we just we're just trusting him.
1: We're just supposed to him. Is that what we're doing him. here? Yeah. Oh. Well, there was no subpoena out for these documents oh. because
0: nobody knew they were missing. Oh, oh, so our government, our government was unaware. Almost Wow, it's almost like $21,000 worth of laptops that went missing from the state of Indiana. It's almost like the government, state government, federal government, whatever, has absolutely no idea what it's doing. And the idea that they are up in arms over documents that were missing because they were at Trump's secure, locked storage unit, they're just making it up. Well, the National Archives
1: director was not opposed to Biden's policies. He wasn't after Biden. Oh, like, he really wanted to know what was in those papers
0: right, sure. that Trump had. Yeah. Now, the DOJ, obviously, large-scale investigation. Uh, DOJ, I'm sure Merrick Garland, mm-hmm. naming a uh, special prosecutor of some sort immediately to uh, investigate these these matters. Well, the Attorney
1: General Merrick Garland has appointed U.S. Attorney for the northern district of illinois
0: to review the matter oh okay well we'll see what happens has biden commented on this at all
1: he was actually asked
0: oh a random confused uh accidental act of journalism broke out
1: he was he was asked uh, he was in a meeting big table full of a lot of important people Uh they were reporters were being ushered out and someone yelled to him hey any word about the documents and guess what he said what That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. But you know what? He did have things to say about when documents were found at Trump's place. Oh, that's right. Remember that? It was so irresponsible. Yes, he was all over that. He was asked about it during an appearance on 60 Minutes, and this is how that went.
2: When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the
1: floor
0: at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image?
3: how that could possibly happen, how anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible.
0: I agree. Totally irresponsible. How could that happen? What sources could be compromised? I totally agree. Joe Biden has let the American people down.
1: Under the Presidential Records Act, all documents from a president's administration and staff must be turned over to the National Archives, but Biden was vice president at the time. But Biden can't classify declassify documents as vice president.
0: Yeah. And unless it is the new code or some super secret uh in Intelligence data, dude. Whether it's Trump, whether it's Biden, whether it's whoever, people are moving stuff in and out of the White House, and there's it's not even always clear what is or is not classified. This whole thing has been a joke. Now we're having fun with Biden mm-hmm. because of the ridiculous way he and his administration have handled Trump. So we agree, or I, at least I'm speaking for myself here. I agree. None of this should be an issue because in terms of the millions of documents that a president or a vice president or a, he's been a senator before that, that they come across, the idea that a 100, or if it's Trump, if indeed it is 100 or it's a dozen, if it's Biden or whatever, the idea that that would end up somewhere else duh it happens to every single person who's been president vice president whatever you're mo- moving when you're moving out you're moving huge amounts of files things get misplaced whatever but you don't get to say it's now not the world's biggest deal and there should be a special prosecutor appointed to investigate a crime because that's exactly what you said should happen to Trump and the FBI should raid his home and take a bunch of his boxes mm-hmm.
1: well if nothing else this shows that there's a real problem with keeping track of these classified documents.
0: Right, it's the government. Yeah. It's the government. It doesn't matter whether it's the state government, the county government, the local government, the federal government. It's the government. Government by design is unaccountable because it isn't ultimately accountable to anyone. It, 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 by the way, can I just also make a point? Can I, can I make a point about how unaccountable uh, a, a thing I'm experiencing right now and how Unaccountable government is because it's not their money and they don't care. We started last hour mm-hmm. with the twenty-one thousand dollars of missing laptops, and the prosecutors are like, eh, no, nothing's nothing's going to happen to anybody. Right. What I'm going through in my little town of Brownsburg, in which all I wanted to know is, hey, this town council, the three little piggies, took massive raises for themselves. I'm requesting the documents, the electronic documents mm-hmm. related to their discussion. As, tax pay- as a taxpayer, I want to know how my taxpayer money was being spent to determine that these guys gave themselves raises. I made that request over three weeks ago. I received no response until last week where I finally sent multiple emails to the clerk treasurer and said, where are these documents? This is not a hard public records request. You know what I got, Casey? A letter, an email from the town legal staff saying, you will now correspond with us oh. on this topic. So, something that should have taken about eight seconds, Mm -hmm. here here are the conversations. If indeed all the conversations were above board, uh, here are the documents. Thank you. Have a nice day. We know you don't agree with this, but it happened and that's life. But instead, I get no response for three weeks, and then I get a letter from the, or an email from the town legal stuff. you'll now correspond with us. So now, something that should have taken about eight seconds and cost the taxpayers nothing, they're going to spend a bunch of taxpayer money because that legal department is not running a soup kitchen over there. You're gonna pay a bunch of money because they're gonna do everything they can to avoid me getting the documents because those three little piggies that, that stuff their snouts know what they did. But my point is, this stuff happens everywhere. They are, totally not on the taxpayer side because they're not accountable to anyone.
1: Does Biden even know that those documents were in that University of Pennsylvania He office? doesn't even
0: know documents exist anywhere because he doesn't know who he is or where he's at half the time.
1: Right. Does he remember taking them? Does he remember putting them there? Does he remember handing them off to somebody else and they locked them up?
0: Here's the point. If, there, if there's not malicious intent, like if Trump was selling documents to the Chinese Or the Saudis, or the North Koreans. Okay, we got a big problem here. Mm -hmm. If Trump, you know, if there was the nuclear codes or the high-level spy information. Okay, we got an issue here. By all accounts, there's none of that there. By even the Democrats have admitted he wasn't doing anything nefarious with the documents. The same way as I don't think Biden. Now, if Hunter got his hands on him, Mm -hmm. then who knows? Mm -hmm. But. By all accounts, that wasn't also what was happening here. If there is no malicious intent and no one is being harmed, just get them back where they need to go and everybody go on about their day. But we don't get to do that now because they didn't do that with Trump.
1: Well, because it's politicized. That's why.
0: And at the crux of it all, and maybe we can talk about this when we come back, this conversation I had with somebody yesterday. It is because government is not accountable to anyone government doesn't fear anyone. And when people don't fear you and aren't held ac- believe they're not going to be held accountable, they will do whatever they want to do.
1: Well, they're supposed to be accountable to the people that put them in office. And those 20 people that voted against McCarthy were trying to hold them accountable. Yes.
0: And that is the conversation I had with a conservative yesterday who has who I will not name but it is a pretty influential person who's gotten a lot of people elected and done a lot of good for conservative causes back when Indiana used to pretend to be Republicans used to pretend to be conservative I had a long conversation with this guy yesterday about why people are not holding our elected officials accountable anymore and I thought maybe we could talk about that
1: All right it's 10:15 it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC ah. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1 800 9898 That's 1 800 9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of the men. Yeah. Working I love on that. The chain. Did you do that?
3: Yep. <laughs> That's
5: awesome.
4: I, that's what I'm getting paid for. Yes.
1: That's producer <laughs> producer action right there. Little, that's why uh, he gets producer money. Uh, Rodney
5: Dangerfield from mm-hmm. uh, Back to School.
0: I love that. One of the most underrated movies of all time, mm-hmm. Back to School, Rodney mm-hmm. Dangerfield. Triple Lindy. He, uh, If you've never seen it, go sprint out there immediately and, and watch it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah,
5: Sam Kennison is also hilarious in it, but I could not put that scene in this, because uh, there's yeah. too many cuss words. too many Yeah,
0: yeah too many uh, too many beeps, too much screaming, but that is awesome. That is one of the highlights of that movie. I hereby <laughs> dedicate this building to myself.
1: You're doing good with the production elements, Kevin. Keep it up. Thank
5: you. i got to earn that producer money. That's right. That's
1: right. It is 19 minutes after 10, and this is Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC. Now, Rob, you and I have a lot of conversations, yes. and when our conversations come up, Typically, they're political in nature because that's what we do. We spend time on the radio talking about this. So uh, many times, just working stuff out, right? But when I leave you and I go hang out with friends, it may come up occasionally, but not every single time. Right. So when you have conversations with your friends- It's all I do. It's always political. It's always the hot take. There's-
0: you know we 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 Are we,
1: you ever normal?
0: No, no, we <laughs> we had this conversation um earlier. I am like the tree in Shell Silverstein's The Giving Tree. Mm-hmm. I have I have nothing left to give at this point. <laughs> I have given it all to the cause, my limbs, my you know bark, my you know, everything. It is I'm but a stump now yeah. for people to come sit on. <laughs> and and the, the, the modern version of sitting on is people call me and we'll want to discuss uh, various political issues. Uh, endeavors. I, uh, you know, as was who was it that famously said, uh, I have but one life. My only regret is I have but one life mm-hmm. to give for my country. And my regret is I only have but one radio show to give to the people of central Indiana. So, no, the overwhelming majority of conversations I have are about this radio show or about politics in general.
1: So you had a conversation with this last night with somebody? Yes,
0: uh, somebody who and, you know, our rule here, Casey, they remain nameless because I will not subject people who are. Have a certain level of gravitas or influence uh, to pub- public shaming that they associate being with associated me with you in in any shape, form, or fashion. But this person is very well thought of. Uh, would probably be mortified if it was disclosed they publicly as- put to the public they associated with me. But very well thought of has been very influential in uh, once upon a time back when we used to do this electing conservatives in Indiana and influencing, back when we used to do this, having conservative policy in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And uh, this person called, and we we were basically asking the question, like, how do we right the ship here in Indiana? And by right the ship, I mean a rapid turn by Indiana Republicans towards big government and the big taxes that come with it. And Mm -hmm. let's face it, the... Republican Party in Indiana has done a phenomenal job over the past 10 years of axing out the conservatives, or if a conservative gets elected, immediately making it clear to them what will happen to them if they make any noise at all. And if you think about it, really, over the past six, seven years, there's been a handful of reliably conservative people elected to State House, State Senate, or statewide office. One of them being Curtis Hill. We saw what happened mm-hmm. uh, you know, to him. And then you think about John Jacob and Kurt Nicely, and, and we saw what happened to them. And so they've made it very clear. And so this person was asking, you know, when, when we were talking about how do we start getting reliably conservative people to get back into the game... Mm-hmm. And how do we get the people who are currently in the game to maneuver back towards reliably conservative policies? Like you think about it, it was a decade ago that Indiana did right to work. That would never happen today in the modern Republican Party. It was you know 15 years ago, Indiana did tax caps and then followed them up with constitutional amendments to put them in the constitution. That would never happen in the modern republican party and the the bottom line I told him is and I hate this but I don't know anymore. I I don't I don't know anymore because the things that used to work in terms of being able to move elected officials towards action and the public at large and motivating the public at large to get involved, to motivate them to action don't seem to work anymore and it seems like there is a general apathy amongst the public that has enabled the elected officials not to fear the public anymore. Right. And I don't mean a physical fear of the public, but I mean a fear in the sense of if you don't work for us, if you don't stand up for us, if you don't go to bat for us, we will punish you at the ballot box and we will find people to run against you and we will put somebody in there who will do that. Indiana Republicans used to be really good about doing that, and it just it doesn't happen anymore. And I told this guy, I "said I am here now." When I first came in, we always talk about Kevin's photo on the uh, template that we have, and how fresh faced and bright eyed and happy Kevin looks in that photo that was taken. what Was that five ish years ago? I think it was about
5: three or four. Yeah, years Kevin ago.
0: started his time here at WIBC, and now look at Kevin, rugged, <laughs> haggard, worn down by life because he has to he has to work with me every day. Yeah. Point is, when I first came into this building. I was like, "Man, what an opportunity. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about new things and it's going to expose to people the first time for the first time what's going on and we're really going to change the way things operate. We're going to this and we're going to that." And while lots of people have been educated and motivated and have walked away from the Republican party or vote differently or whatever, mm-hmm. ultimately we're not heard everywhere. And ultimately as we saw in the last election, when you take us take voting outside of where we are heard, Things aren't changing. And so now my deal here is I'm here to entertain two groups of people, myself (laughs) and our audience, Mm -hmm. because you just get physically exhausted trying to say, how many times can I take your head and rub it in the wall? And yet you're still so afraid. And largely a large part of that is the Democrats are so radically left that people just go, man, we can't do that. Yes, these guys are failures, but we can't do that. That at this point you drive yourself silly if you just kept getting beat up over people not doing the things that they're supposed to be doing.
1: Well, I think you have had a lot of influence. You can take the property taxes, for example. You've been saying how you've been talking about that for a year. Well, now they're talking about it in the legislature. The gas tax, same thing. You were hammering on about that and then people woke up about it. I think that there are leaders within this state, they don't know they're the leader until they have been told. So I think it's going to be our job. Yeah to pick the people we're going to let them know that we're nominating them
0: or you're going to pick someone we're
1: going to we're going to pick somebody just a rando well you know, we can discuss it but If we have the influence to get them talking about property taxes, then we should use this influence to tell these people that are our elected state reps that they're the leader, that they don't know it yet. So
0: we're just going to, like in the, uh, what's the movie, The Lion King, we're Mm -hmm. going to take either a state rep or a state senator, Mm -hmm. and we're going to hold them up, Mm -hmm. and we're going to say, you are the person we are picking to be the leader, because no one is leading. No, Exactly. We're no gonna... one is lead. That's the issue, right? No one's leading. Uh, when you have private conversations sometimes with people they'll tell you yeah you're right on that blah 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 what blah. am I going to do about exactly. it exactly what is one poor man to do who's making $70,000 a year for right. a three month job
1: well they just need to be told that they're going to be the leader and so, we have faith and confidence in you and get it
0: done okay so Casey has already started this process I have told her every mm-hmm. person that she is looking at on that state elected official website is a total loser and we won't find that person there but, but we,
1: we got to pick somebody she says we got to pick somebody somebody's got to do
0: it and she's basically thus far been picking the most handsome men and saying, what about that person? What about that person? I noticed no one over the age of 60 has been picked yet as somebody that she wants to hold up. The younger people who look good in suits. But
1: you know what? I mentioned a few people in Houston. Well, they've been there for about a minute. Yeah. Well... Okay, maybe that's the change what, that's needed. Uh, somebody who's not been beaten down by it over the years. Well, I guess
0: I didn't understand we somebody had to Somebody who has got a
1: fresh perspective.
0: I didn't understand we had to pick somebody from the list of underachievers who are currently not doing it. Well, now they're that, gonna
1: be there for a while, well, so we gotta deal with the ones that are there.
0: Well, you know who I lift up every day at 1030 to do the greatest newscast <laughs> in the history of the world? It's Kurt Darling, and he's All next.
1: Right. It's 93 W I B C
4: I'm so sorry you had just reached my answering machine.
1: 317-684-8444. That is the phone number if you'd like to contribute. We've got your voicemails with The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.
0: So all the phone calls today mm-hmm. are related to the topic... Um, that we threw out late in the show yesterday, yeah. which was we had, uh, I had noticed it was Jimmy Page's 79th birthday.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And I said, okay, in terms of if we're putting together our Mount Rushmore of Guitarists. guitar players, yeah. I think we can automatically agree Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix occupy two of the spots. Mm-hmm. And then I said, all right, let's open it up amongst the group for a discussion about the remaining two. Yeah, We kind of had some form of, consensus Eric Clapton, although our boss Matt Hiblin was irate that we put Eric Clapton He's on the list. He's just not a fan. He was, did you hear this? That uh, Kevin? I, did, uh, oh, we went I in didn't there. hear that, no. He, he, no he was. he was livid. I went in there and he said Clapton is just so overrated and da 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 I said, this is why you can't be on the show, Matt.
1: <laughs> this <laughs> is why you're not invited to
0: participate. So then we left one spot right. open yeah. and uh, we kind of narrowed it down to four or five names. And we said, we will take audience input. As usual, most people didn't abide by the four or five names. Some people did. we definitely need to get our ears examined here between 9 and nine and noon because we lay out the very specific rules of your phone call and people don't abide by the rules. But <laughs> the point is, uh, what were the four uh, standards we asked people to consider when they were calling in about who should fill out this Mount Rushmore, of the final spot of greatest guitar players?
1: Talent, influence, commercial success, and
0: innovation. Okay, very good. Um, here is the other thing I would like to say before we start these phone calls. Yeah. All right. And we love that you listen. We love that you participate for whatever reason. Here's all I'm going to say about this, though.
1: <laughs> is this going to be a Mexican piece of conversation? <laughs> it is, isn't it?
0: No, here's here, look. Here's what I'm going to say. Yeah, well, sort of. <laughs> it is. We flooded the phone bank with calls about the guitar player. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I know everybody's passionate about music. But the fact that we are flooding co- with calls about the guitar player
1: mm-hmm.
0: and not the property tax. Mm-hmm. And Matt and I had this conversation out in the lobby before the show that is concerning to me that we can and this happens all the time where mm-hmm. it's a Mexican pizza or a guitar player or whatever and we get 30 phone calls and then we're talking about which the guitar player doesn't <laughs> affect anyone and then the thing that the government is taxing you to the point where people may be forced to flee their homes. And I can get like three phone calls. So mm-hmm. what? What is going on here?
5: Well, you know, you need, you need to do is uh, you need to write a song about property taxes. What am I, Adam so the, Sandler?
0: What? How am I going to do that? Well, I don't know do anything it, about
5: music. You can do it in the vein of uh, Warren Zevon. If I write Fogelberg. if I write the lyrics, will you
0: play the music? Yeah. We can oh, do perfect. That. There we go. All right. So anyway, <laughs> all, all I'm saying is maybe next time we have as much passion vocally about like the taxation or the mm-hmm. growth in government or the whatever as we do the guitar player. All right. Uh, first phone call. Uh, this is a phenomenal way for us to start out. As you know, hate mail goes straight to the front of the line, and I have an amazing gift of I can bring out the worst in people, even when we're soliciting their opinion on guitar players. <laughs> hey, Rob,
2: nobody gives a damn about your list. Do something useful and talk more about Property Texas. You're such an embarrassment. <laughs>
1: Well, see, there you go. He wanted to talk about Brother. This, this is the hero we need.
0: This is the guy that should be leading at the State House.
1: Well, I, exactly. Maybe maybe that guy would like to call back at 317 684 8444 and tell us who he thinks he should be the leader yeah. of the State House.
0: This is the leader our state needs. N- not right the majority
1: now. whip, not the right. House, the floor leader, just anybody who's in there. Yeah. Who should just pick up the reins and just become the leader? Yeah.
0: All right. Okay. So now we get to the phone calls about the people who actually wanted to weigh in on the guitar player.
4: Hey, guys. Love the show. Your segment today talking about guitar players. Paige, yes. Hendrix, yes. Not as number one and number two, but as number two and number three. Mm. Eddie Van Halen is by far the best guitar player that ever took a breath talk about innovative they had to figure out a way to write music for the way he played if that's not innovative i don't know what is and as far as number four it doesn't matter have a great day love the show guys
0: <laughs> didn't fill out the list <laughs>
4: well
5: he, we've got a vote for eddie van halen yeah, I would say he's uh, pretty innovative. Mm-hmm. He's reserved his uh, spot in the uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah.
0: It's pretty hard to go against Eddie Van Halen, and I kind of walked into this thinking that might be where the consensus is. All right, what's
2: next? Hi, Robin Case. Casey. Love the show. I listen to it every day and watch it on YouTube from Minnesota. I agree with your three for the Rob- Mount Rushmore guitarists.
4: The obvious one that's missing, and I would place him at number two,
2: Dwayne Allman. He and Clapton created Layla. Enough said. Thea
0: hmm. <laughs> Is Dwayne Allman the one who did
2: I'm No Angel,
0: or was that another Allman? Kevin, can you look that up? Are you thinking w- of, is he the same
5: as uh, Allman Brothers?
0: Uh, yeah, right, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Who? Which one of the ones that was the one that did I'm No Angel? I'm No Angel. If only there was, Greg Allman. Nope, not the same one, sorry. Greg Allman. Yeah, yeah I was going to give him some props Different. there. but uh,
1: Yeah, but you know what? They co-wrote that song, so I think... He's already represented with Eric Clapton.
0: Okay, on the yeah, list. That's, and that's kind of a stretch, too. And this is where people don't listen. We mm-hmm. named out several <laughs> names that were in our finalist list. Mm-hmm. It's like on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They give you the people you can vote for. Maybe you don't agree on the list. We all know Eminem shouldn't be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but there he was. You had an opportunity to vote for him. All right, what's next?
2: All right, I was just listening to your segment on The Greatest Guitarist. And Eddie Van Halen has to be on Mount Rushmore. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Mm-hmm. But you left out quite a few other guitarists that should have been in consideration. David Gilmour, Brian May, mm-hmm. Prince, Steve Vai, Randy Rhodes, Angus Young, Joe Walsh, Alex Lifeson, and Joe Satriani are all ones that should Ooh, be in consideration. Satriani. But anywho, I'm definitely going with Eddie Van Halen. And by the way, U2 has four members and not three. Anyways, have a good day. Do we
1: say U2 had three members?
0: Yeah, I think I, I think I was. Did you mess that up? Oh yeah, that was probably me. Now, see again. This is how our lawmakers should handle this. Yeah. When you make a mistake,
1: you admit the mistake. Just
0: admit the mistake.
1: Apologize.
0: You own up. Take corrective action. You say, look, action. this is this was my fault. I think mm-hmm. I did say that. I'm terribly sorry. Mm-hmm. That is beneath mm-hmm. what someone of my position should have done. I was think. It doesn't matter what what I was thinking. I made a mistake.
1: Now he did bring up a couple that we had tossed around Angus Young and David Gilmore. We had mentioned that maybe even off the air they didn't make it to the f- final right. list for us. Uh Joe Cetriani, we didn't we didn't put him on the list.
0: For good reason.
5: Yeah. Yeah, he's a, a virtuoso guitarist yeah. and I don't think they count See, this is
0: a guy, and this is the problem with this guy, and I and we spelled this out before we ended the show yesterday. <laughs> right.
1: He was adding.
0: You're 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 adding and you're homering, whatever your view is. So by my view, Nils Lofgren would be on the list. <laughs> Lead guitar player for Neil Young and then the E Street band. But I recognize as a fair mm-hmm. uh Arbiter of what is good and decent and accepted in the music industry, Nils Lofgren, not on most people's list. That guy needs to do better next time when he calls because he went into business for himself. <laughs> All right, what's
4: next? Hi, Robin Casey. Love the show. I listen to it every
2: day and watch it on YouTube from Minnesota. I agree with your three for the Ro- Rush. Oh, I think that's guitar. the one we just played, you played Kevin. That yeah. One, yeah. Kevin. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Sorry. It was so good we wanted to hear him. Yeah, again.
5: he was, he was. <laughs> He's from Minnesota, so uh, we like to hear <laughs> all of our fellows from other states. <laughs> all right, here's a here's one. Hey, Robin Casey, this is Scott. Hey, I was just listening to your show about the guitarist um, and the criteria you set to be included in the list. Um, wouldn't you almost have to include Chuck Berry on that list? Because didn't
2: he kind of. I don't know, really start the um, movement toward the, toward the electric guitar.
5: Yeah, I think we realized yesterday that we forgot him.
0: My dad was adamant that Chuck Berry should be on that list, and I thought maybe it was just because he's old. Mm-hmm. But then I realized when he started making his case to me that he was probably right on that.
1: Okay, well, he definitely gets the influence and innovation in there, but what about commercial success?
0: Well, so what? I mean, he had a bunch of songs that were very big, you know, Go Johnny Go, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybelline, mm-hmm. you know, My Ding A Ling, uh, you know, a handful of very, very successful songs. And Michael J. Fox, right, imitating him in Back to the Future alone, mm-hmm. probably does certainly lift him up in terms of the consideration field.
1: But we didn't, that was not one of the options no, that we gave. No, I know. Gave. So this guy's breaking the rules. Well,
0: I know. I know, and, and that's why.
1: You I think th- we missed out on that one? Well, that was our fault. Well,
0: the nominating committee probably made an egregious mistake. And you know, like in the Baseball Hall of Fame, there's a veterans committee that will let players who don't get in on the original ballots in later if mm-hmm. they realize they've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. We might have to strongly consider either adding a fifth part of Mount Rushmore or a veterans committee of some sort to correct this because Chuck Berry – you're right. I don't know. I don't well, know. Well, in,
1: in defense of the nominating committee, we did not have a lot of time no, that's true. to prepare
0: for Yeah, this. I really just <laughs> literally saw that it was Jimmy Page's birthday and I thought this will be a fun segment. We'll get a bunch of calls on mm-hmm. it because I know our audience.
5: I will say I feel like Chuck Berry influenced most of the uh rock and roll artists. Yeah, that's of, like, the thing. The 60s sort of and like 70s. a like a
0: like a everybody emanates from this guy yeah. in some shape form or fashion. All
1: right, we've got Hammer joining us in just a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I think he's got another Is there you've another You got one more yeah. phone we got, I was about ready to make a call on this. Oh, I was about no, to no, no, call no, no.
0: I think we've got... Uh, do we have another one? Yeah, we got a couple. Oh, we can, perfect. If we let, fit in one. Let, yeah, perfect. let's just roll through them both real quick.
3: Okay. Come on, guys. As far as great stars goes, uh, I don't know if you guys are just anti-metal. <laughs> I don't know. If maybe these two guys died too soon. But Randy Rhodes. How can you not mention Randy Rhodes? <laughs> and then you got Dimebag Daryl, too. So... <laughs>
2: Come on, don't be anti-metal, and don't just go with the popular, easy ones—the low-hanging fruit. Thank you, guys. Great show.
0: Our our list came down to it was either Eddie Van Halen or some guy named Dimebag Darrell. Yeah, that was the guy who was <laughs> shot on
5: stage. He was shot and killed while performing.
0: That that in that guy's world, hey, screw that Van Halen or mm-hmm. Edge. Mm-hmm. What about Dimebag (laughs) Daryl?
5: Yeah, I'm not the biggest heavy metal guy myself.
0: See, again, Uh, it's a guy going into business for himself, mm -hmm. and he's not thinking about the populace at large. He broke the rules. Yeah. Oh,
1: imagine that. And I'm the one who's always saying play the hits on this show. The bumper music.
0: Well, oh, not metal. know. <laughs> <laughs> 18, I mean, what, maybe 18 in life to go? Does that count as metal? That's pretty good. We could throw that one Does in there. Does
5: Metallica count as metal? Probably. They used to. Is it, Who is it? Uh, Kirk Hammett? Is that his name? I think they're the main. Right. So is, is there account. one more call? Yep, here we go.
2: Yeah, you know you guys talking about rock and roll guitarists? There's all kinds of guitarists out here, you know, <laughs> to play. It don't have to be rock and roll. But, uh, you know, uh, Gary, I forget what his last name is, that played on Oreo Speedwagon, <laughs> if you want to know a good guitar. Rich Rath. He was good. And, you know, I like Chuck Berry, you know. He's a good guitarist, too, I think. It all depends how you look at it. It's rock and roll. Chuck Berry got it all started, I think. But anyway, uh, you know, and there's some really good... Really good country guitarists, and there's some really good bluegrass uh, guitars too. Uh, you know, the acoustic guitar. These guys just, just hammering it. It's hard to play. A, I, I can play a guitar, and it's hard to play an acoustic guitar. A whole lot harder than it is to play an electric guitar. <laughs>
5: Well, that goes back to the uh, rules of uh, influence right. and commercial success. That guy I picked
2: mean, himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, for that matter, I mean, we could have put Waylon and Willie on the list.
0: You could have put a whole bunch yeah, of people. Could've. I mean, you could have put Dan Fogelberg up there. <laughs> <streaming> <laughs> no, a you could
1: ac- not have. <laughs> <laughs> you might have. He Nobody just said
0: else. acoustic guitar is yeah. harder than electric guitar.
1: I don't know if that's true.
0: Uh, okay, I've totally lost interest in this topic now. Who are you picking?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going with uh, Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty good yeah i would put
5: chuck berry in there no
1: kevin we made the decision i made the call i said eddie van yeah, halen it's ha- it's case show. is closed <laughs> yeah. don't don't come at me anymore fair with enough, this fair it's enough. Kendall and casey on 93 wibc whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you
3: When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime.
2: Good
1: morning. It is 1051. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and Hammer's joining us in the studio. And you like to have your face melted off with freedom, don't you?
4: Hey, man, is that freedom rock? Yeah, man. Well, turn, <laughs> turn it up. up. Oh, one of the great commercials of all time right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a discussion over the weekend about the national anthem mm-hmm. the guy that played the national anthem before the jacksonville jags tennessee titans game yeah. on saturday was like local florida musician like and he goes out there and he's got like a skullet you know he's kind of losing his hair and <laughs> mm-hmm. he's got a mullet mm-hmm. and he's just total yeah. jacksonville florida man sunglasses on and i thought he did a rockin version of the national anthem on the electric guitar so we asked on social media do you like a rockin' version of the national yeah, anthem? Right. Like shredded on the guitar? Because mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. And some people don't care for that. Oh. There's a number of people who said the national anthem should have lyrics, it should be sang with pride and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. I am on the other side here. I think as long as. It's meant to be respectful. You can rock the anthem. Like, I've seen Carlos Santana and his wife before the NBA Finals with Golden State, because I think he lives out there. They've done a rockin' version of the Mm -hmm. anthem. The guys from Metallica, uh, Hatfield and Hammock, they've done a rockin' version of the anthem before. And, of course, Jimi Hendrix, I think, is the gold standard of electric guitar national anthem. I think it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, you can be respectful in a variety of different ways, and I think a big part of that is your intent to be respectful. Like, when Roseanne Barr went out and sang the national anthem, there's no intent to be respectful. She was a clown, and it was disgusting. But if you're attempting to pay homage to the country, yeah, it doesn't have to be some...
4: And the crowd was but feeling it, man. You. Like they were cheering, yeah. and like the fireworks were shooting off, and it where, was awesome. Where are you at?
0: Who should we have put on the? Uh, we ultimately decided Eddie Van Halen. Who should we have picked as our our fourth member of the uh, Mount Rushmore guitar players?
4: I am going to vote present and defer my vote to the <laughs> oh, representative of Liston. Okay, Victoria Sparks.
0: <laughs> nice to see you.
4: Big Nige is the rock guy, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about '90s rappers on Mount Rushmore, let me know. Mm-hmm. But for this discussion, you'd have to have Nige come in here. Hey, it's your wife's birthday. It is. The crazy coupon lady. Uh, She's got a birthday today. Crystal Hammer. 29 years old. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: 29 years old.
4: That's what we're going to go with. How did you
0: meet the crazy coupon lady?
4: Uh, Through friends just friends and partying and debauchery. I thought thought maybe like you went, because she was a flag
0: girl at Tennessee, right?
4: Right, which just happened to be an amazing coincidence. Oh, because
0: I thought maybe you were at a Vols game and she ran out on the field and it was like in Wayne's World where Dreamweaver starts (laughs) playing and the light
4: is on. Yeah, she used to be one of those girls that would run on the field as holding the flags and stuff before the football games. And she's got great stories because that was the championship year of 98. T. Martin. T. Martin, not Peyton Manning. Yeah. It was T. Martin, uh, who often gets left out of the story. But yes, happy birthday to uh, the crazy coupon lady. I
1: love it how you wished her a happy birthday on Twitter, and then you kind of made it about you.
4: saying how she
1: won the jackpot
4: (laughs) by marrying you. Let's be honest. There's a billion dollars on the line with the Mega Millions tonight. Mm -hmm. Crystal doesn't have to play.
0: Yeah, (laughs) she's She's already already won.
4: won. She's already won the lottery being married to me.
0: (laughs) Do you do anything special at this point? You guys, I know, are not big like... event doers you like to save your money and Flowers go on vacation and candy do you and... do anything for your wife on her birthday
4: well tonight uh, she'll be taking Jacob to skateboarding uh, how <laughs> I'll be taking Chris to his baseball workout later on tonight and then we're gonna come home and go to bed wow so I no. think that was a
1: no <laughs>
4: <laughs> no we're not those people and thank God my wife is not one of these girls yeah she wouldn't make it with you like you know oh I have to have something for my birthday what are you gonna get me for Christmas and my birthday we're not those people we We'll go on vacation when we can. Mm-hmm. We'll celebrate our stuff when we can. Mm-hmm. Man, we got life going on. We got kids and things to do. And, and stoves being delivered. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, shout, out, shout out to the guy that delivered the stove from Menards today. We had to get a new uh-huh. range, top, whatever it's called. You're doing very well. I'm glad you could afford a new stove. <laughs> Rob Kendall's still cooking by fire. <laughs> the guy is bringing it in. And the first thing he said to me, clearly, I think he knew who I was how much did you make on Georgia last night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wow. my man hooked it up from Menards today. Shout you were out. right
1: on that game. Holy moly. I mean, it was like Georgia was playing a high school team.
4: And how sick are you if you're an Ohio State fan? Because you had Georgia beat. Yeah, right. Like, Ohio State would have rolled over mm-hmm. TCU as well. And it's weird because Michigan beat up on Ohio State and
0: lost to TCU. I lost $2 on that game last night, and I was a little dejected because you know how I am with money. Then I realized Mattress Mac lost $3 million. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, though. what's coming up this afternoon?
4: Uh, Tuesdays with Tony. Tony Katz will join us, and the latest from the State House. All right, thank you, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on
1: 93 WIBC.